Welcome to Inside View. I'm your host, Sid Marsh, and with me tonight is Gary Toffinelli, the supervisor from District 1. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Sid. Nice to be here. Well, well let's, let's find out what's going on with the soups, okay? That's, that's really a good <laughs> idea. Um, you mentioned, we talked a little bit earlier, you mentioned something about the Wagon Trail project. Can you fill us in a little bit on that? Yeah, the Wagon Trail project is a realignment of Highway 4 coming up from Copper to Angels Camp, the city. Um, it's been a long time problem with accidents in, on that stretch of road sure. and the curves and the narrowness of it. Um, this project's been on the books or progressing for geez, at least the last decade or so. I've, since I've been back in 2008 and nine, it was just starting. Um, and we're finally progressing to the point where we have uh, pretty much all the easements that are needed, environmental is done, um, and we're progressing. We have some funding, uh, we have state and federal funding. Uh, we got COG through COG, and I'm a member of COG, I've been a member for COG, of COG for a while. Um, we just got $6.8 million grant from the federal government um, for that project, and we had um, our COG fund set aside for it. So we're, we, we're pretty well set to do at least the first stage and possibly the second stage. Um, what, are, what are the two stages? There's actually th three stages, and okay. one would be from Copper to Pool Station, and then Pool Station to, um, to um, um, Appaloosa, and then from Appaloosa to the city. So uh, we're looking to get those first two stages complete and start construction everything goes right um, this year. Oh, okay, so it'll break ground, so to speak, this year. Right? Yeah, so look, there'll be some delays there later in the year uh, as we move forward on the construction part of it, um, and hopefully within the next couple of years that project will be complete and it'll be safer route for everybody that travels that, that way. Um, on their way to wherever they're going. Have you had any pushback from people? I know you're taking over some land and that sort of thing and um, dividing up properties. You know, initially we did. Yeah. Um, there were so many different things and so many different alignments that could have went. Um, but once we got the initial alignment, um, we really haven't had any pushback at all, so to speak. On, on what the final diagram is of that. Um, you know, there are landowners that we have to buy easements from and buy some land from to go realign it. Um, and, you know, that's fine. They're looking to get what they can get for their property, to, and that's fine. I, I don't think anybody has a problem with that. Now, is this going to be two lane, four lane? How it's going to be two lane. Just two lane, not a four lane. Not a four lane. But it'll be wider than that than it presently is, and it'll be straighter. There'll still be curves in, in, in it, but it, it won't be as dangerously curved as it is now, and the number of accidents that happen there, and the number of fatal accidents. And hopefully we can correct some of the issues that um, Pool Station Road, um, there's been a number of accidents there because um, the Caltrans had done some improvements at that intersection, but nothing beyond it. And the, the curves, there's a really deadly stretch of curves right after Ponderosa. If you're coming from Copper to the city, that seems to be a problematic area through there. So, so will it actually cut down the travel time a little bit? I mean, help, it'll help um, tourism, that kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah. 
it depends on how people drive. The speed limit <laughs> will still be 55 miles an hour. Right. So whether it cuts down the travel time or not, whether people drive the speed limit or not, um, that's I don't have any control over that. Okay. So. And uh, you mentioned a couple other projects before about uh, the, the uh, animal shelter. Yeah, recently, you know, for for a number of years, and as long as I've been on the board, um, there's always a grand jury report complaining about, um, and I don't say complaining, but um, that has an issue with our current animal shelter, and we have done some improvements to it over the years, but it seems like nothing ever gets done. However, this year, just recently, um, the board has appointed Supervisor Callaway and myself to be on an ad hoc committee um, addressing the animal shelter and the jail. Um, there's some issues at the jail that still persist since it's been opened. Um, but the animal shelter, yes, we're, we're looking to, uh, Marita and I, uh, looking forward to meeting and and coming up with a shovel-ready project. That means plans. We, we have a set of plans that the board has approved and it's ready to go and we will look for funding through either state or federal government with some of the, uh, the CARES Acts or some of the uh, recent funding that's coming out that has to do with portions of that money going to um, infrastructure to build America and re re get going. So we're looking for that and, and if you have a shovel-ready project, um, then you go to the top of the list because it's ready to go. All we need is funding for it. We're actually looking for some CIP funding and other funding mechanisms through the county. CIP? Uh, CIP is Capital Improvement Project okay. Funds. Okay. Um, sorry, it's CIP. Yeah. Capital letting everybody know. And, and looking for funding within the county to get going on it and get it started and move forward with it. So I think this is a positive thing for the animal shelter um, that we now have uh, two supervisors on the ad hoc committee um, that their task is to get this accomplished. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Will it increase capacity? Oh yes, yeah. oh yes. That's increase capacity and, and uh, better for the animals that are housed there. Um, How about as, as far as staffing? Will, it, will you have to uh, staffing? staffing? It's yes. all part of the project. All part of the project okay. moving forward. So a, a better animal shelter for for not only the animals but everyone. A good experience for everyone. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Whether you go in there to adopt or you go in there to pick up your animal because it got picked up somewhere for something or, or what have you, um, it, it would be a good facility and um, it, it should modernize everything that we have. Is there a connection between the animal shelter and the Humane Society, or is that just totally different? Um, well, there was at one time that they were, um, again, I wasn't in office at the time, there were, there were a proposal that the county would provide property and the Humane Society would provide some funding to build a shelter not staff it or go forward from that, although the, the Humane Society would put some people in there as volunteers. Um, but I, that, that kind of all fell apart. I can't, I can't tell you why I wasn't here at the time. I don't know the whole inner workings of what happened, but there were some plans drawn up and there was some land dedicated for it. 
but the project never developed. So, so they're two different organizations. Yeah, they're two different organizations. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the jail as well as another project. Yeah, the jail. Um, like I was talking, we had a conversation earlier. Uh, originally, when the jail was being built, first portion of it, I was on the board, and I was on an ad hoc committee at that time that oversaw the construction um, on a weekly meeting. Uh, with the contractor that we had for that project. And um, when I left, um, there was nobody with real construction background. My background's been construction my whole life. So, uh, so um, whatever happened, again, I wasn't in office, I don't know, but the jail was completed. And once the jail was completed and signed off, um, issues started coming up. Um, we have um, a number of dryers, big size dryers in the laundry area room uh, meant for um, large capacity. Um, they, the exhaust for those dryers, not only the exhaust system going out overhead, the ducking was reduced in size and, and put corners in. Um, the vent going outside for it was reduced. And so what's transpired in that particular area of, of the jail is um, we had initially um, dryer after dryer motor burn up. Right. Because there was not, not enough velocity or airspace to carry the amount of, of exhaust It'd out of the building. Hazard, actually, yeah. Yeah, volume-wise. So uh, at, now it's, we, we're looking to get that issue resolved, but it's been going on for a number of years. They can only use one dryer at a time right now because that's all it, could, it will handle. And sometimes it won't handle that. They could have to reduce some of the pressure on that. Um, there's a number of other issues. Um, there was some roofing issues and some skylight issues and um, some other construction areas that are, have some problems that we will be going through and making a list and, and um, sitting down and discussing how we're going to go forward on it. Um, it's, it, it could exceed um, a large number. Uh, I wouldn't go, it, it could get to a million, but I, I don't think so just offhand. I haven't seen everything. But again, it, it, it's, it, it's hampering operations that really need to be addressed, and it's not what the county paid for. It's not what was on the contract drawings. It's not, the space and volume is not what was specced out for the dryers in this one area. Um, so it needs to be addressed. It needs to be fixed properly because we need to have what um, we paid for and we need to have what the people are still paying through their taxes. Exactly. Now, who's, who would be responsible for that million dollars of time? Um, that is what part of this ad hoc committee is going to be discussing right. how we move forward um, and what we're going to do um, maybe at a later date in another interview. Once we have that resolved, I'll be able to say that, but at this point, I really can't say. Um, there are some things going on in the background right now about I would think that. there would be some legal issues and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So. Okay. And, and when do you see that kind of happening? Is that I would hope that we could resolve this within the next year or a year from now, um, that it's all taken care of.
and we have what we actually paid for. Great. It's like you buying a new home. It's like you building it yourself from scratch and hiring a contractor and hiring a architect and and then you get into your house and you find out wait a minute that's not I had a four foot wide door there not a two foot wide door um, but start that finding fall, thing, fall yeah. on the contractor yeah. I mean, you'd have to go to the contractor and say you have to fix this yes yeah. Yeah. exactly you have to go back to the contractor and back to what you paid for and yeah. So. Okay. Uh, another project you were talking about is the Valley Springs uh, Safe Route to School. That's that's in your district, right? Yeah, that's a project that when I first got hired on my last term or got voted in on my last term, um, there was a big issues at Valley Springs School. Um, the vets hall had um, broken ground on the new vets hall that's there now, and um, what was happening before is. Um, the buses were using part of that property to load kids and unload kids during the school time. And that was taken away, so now the buses were all on the street. Um, and cars and, and mothers and fathers were trying to drop off their kids for school or pick them up when it was after school to, time to pick them up. And it was just creating huge traffic problems and issues with, with kids running out to meet their moms. It was just a dangerous situation. And so um, I met with uh, Valley Springs Elementary School, COG, um, and CHP, and um, we came together and um, put, applied for a grant that would allow us to um, put a safe route to schools um, project together and make it a shovel-ready project. And I say shovel-ready, that means it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it would be ready to widen streets, put in sidewalks, um, alleviate some of the uh, congestion by um, redoing some of the streets and opening some other areas up down towards where the highway is in order for um, things to flow more swiftly. Uh, we also had the same type of project and same type of concerns here in San Andreas at San Andreas Elementary School and we have a Pope, what we call the Pope Street project too um, that's moving along and we're at the point with the Valley Springs um, community or Valley Springs Safe Route to School project uh, where we're just about ready to have it ready to go and look for funding for it. So that project I hope to have started and moving forward here within the next year. And that includes putting sidewalks in, that includes taking down um, the existing telephone poles when we do the construction and having all, all the electrical go underground that will help widen the streets out and PG&E is committed to um, um, it, hooking the homes up from that line underground for free if they had a hookup from a pole it's not going to be underground they will run and hook up uh, to all the property owners from the new underground line with no cost oh so they're willing to do that yeah yeah, yeah they are um, and um, 
it, it's a good project. I think it will alleviate a lot of that. Uh, some of it has been somewhat alleviated with the Vets Hall allowing them to do some parking now in the new parking lot down front. But at the time, a lot of their construction in that old hall was there, it hadn't been down, and they were constructing a new new hall, so there was construction traffic going through there. It was just not a good situation, but um, it's helped a little bit, but this should really make it flow nice and upgrade um, all of that area going through down Daphne Street, um, Pine Street, um, all that area should be see improvement coming up. Well, I imagine it's going to become more important now that kids are going back to school, you know, with the COVID and all that. Yeah, we kind of missed a window here a little bit because they weren't going to school and it was a perfect time to do some construction. And so now with them back in school, it's going to be somewhat of a, a, of a dodgeball type thing is when they're in school doing some construction and, and when they do spring break or summer break, they're out for the summer trying to get it all completed. So, yeah. Well, we, mentioned, we mentioned COVID. How, how has COVID affected the board? What, what have you had to do and what, how, are you, how are you dealing with the COVID and, and vaccines and getting vaccines in place, that sort of thing? Yeah, COVID, um, we were doing Zoom meetings where no, we didn't meet, the board didn't meet in any one room. It was all Zoom, everything was Zoom. We did that for a while, but uh, for the last couple months, I'd say the last three or four months, um, we have been meeting as a board in the boardroom, just the board members and um, everybody else's Zoom and any public comments is done through Zoom. Nobody else is in that room at all except for uh, Susan who films it. You'll be able to see it on film or, or, or during the Zoom, you can go into Zoom. All the cameras are from Susan and um, we conduct our media. It seems to be going well. I, I prefer to meet in person versus Zoom. Zoom at first was okay. I still do Zoom with all my other committee meetings. It, it's just not the same as being in the same room with everybody and I'm sure um, a lot of people understand that. Uh, we maintain our six feet. Uh, we have three people at the diocese uh, with a major space between us and then two of the supervisors are down below. And uh, we do have one other person, we do have the board clerk in the room also. Um, and it seems to work out well, since we're but fine. citizens can ask questions through Zoom, that sort of thing? People can ask questions through Zoom. Uh, any public comment on an item, there's a um, time uh, during that item that they can call in and have their um, comments heard. So it seems to be working well. It's have not the same as having an open meeting where everybody's in the room, though. So have you seen an increase since people can just sit in their living room and talk to the supervisors? That, that more people might want to have public comment rather mm. than having to go down to the hall and all that. No, yeah. um, it's really kind of cut down quite a bit on oh. public comments. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, but they do have access. I'm not sure why they don't. It's now, where are we with choice. vaccines in the county? Vaccines in the county. Um, we are getting a, quite an allotment of it now. It was touch and go at first. It was up to the state. It, it, was, um, it was not being dispersed 
um, in my opinion, adequately. The numbers weren't there. Um, uh, the state more or less pulled out and got a third party to take it over. And now with the influx of, of different types of vaccines, Johnson and Johnson and Kaiser and the other things, um, there's more available, not only through the county, uh, but other outlets, CVS and Safeway and other areas that you can get uh, a vaccine and vaccinated on. But as far as quantities, um, we, we're getting a lot more and not close to adequate, but we are getting there. And, and from what I understand from the governor last Wednesday at his conference, his Wednesday conference, that starting April 16th or April 15th, um, anybody 16 and above can get vaccinated. So no longer be t these tiers that they put forth. Um, and you can, uh, there'll be a lot more available vaccines. So it should not be a problem being able to get an appointment to get vaccinated. Um, and I will say this, please get vaccinated. I got my vaccination. Um, I get a flu vaccination, have every year since I was 50. I believe in vaccinations. I, I, I have not been sick with the flu since then. Um, I got my vaccination, COVID vaccination. I got the Moderna, which was two shots. Uh, a lot of the ones now are just one shot. Um, did you have any reaction at all? Some um, people have. I, yeah, I, I didn't on the first dose. Yeah. On the second dose, um, I got for about two or three days um, just exhausted. It just seemed like I was exhausted in, in it, it just, everything seemed to be um, just dredged to do, you know, just, uh -huh. ah, I'm tired, I'm tired. And the weird thing about it was, though, um, I could be sitting there in my chair, or I could be at home watching TV, and I'd start to doze off, and then I'd get up to go to bed, I'd go to bed, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> wide awake. <laughs> yeah, I'm wide awake, you know, and then you get up, and then you feel exhausted, so. But it lasted two or three days. I, I don't want to deter anybody, because it really wasn't that bad. It, it just... That's the way it affected me. It affects people different. Um, some people don't, a lot of people don't infect at all. Um, but it, it wouldn't deter me from doing it again if I had to do it again. Uh, because I, I, I truly believe that the vaccination is the route to go. Um, it's prevented so many diseases uh, throughout time in the world. Um, smallpox, polio, mm -hmm. Um, the flu, uh, just so many different things that people got vaccinated for, um, and it prevented them. It, it actually works. So, um, I, I people talk about herd immunity, but I, I prefer to just get vaccinated, and not rely on. Now, are you, are you facing any pushback on the vaccines? I mean, some people don't want to get vaccinated. Do you not really. That? You know, uh, said I haven't. Not really. I've had some um, complaints about people not being able to get an appointment. Um, I've helped several people get appointments and get in line for it. Um, but with the opening up and the abundance of vaccinations becoming available now, especially starting tomorrow, April 1st, 
uh, I, I really haven't heard too much about anything. My concerns are and have been, if anybody's noticed on any of the board meetings, I've consistently said that um, this District 1 and District 5 are the hotbed areas in this county of, of the um, COVID the case, numbers. case numbers, if you look at them. And Do you know why? Why would that be? Uh, well, there's many reasons why. I, I, I really don't know. I just look at the numbers. Um, it could be because people work, a lot of people that live in this area work in the valley. Mm. They travel. You know, I don't want to speculate on that because it would be simply speculation on my part. But my concern is um, that we have a testing site set up continuously every Tuesday at Ironstone. Okay, that's okay. county. I, that's, yeah, that run, count, run by the county. That that's that's not where the hotbed is, and I'm not saying anything about the people that live in that area. I'm just saying about if we're fighting a fire, are we okay. trying to fight? But where the fire yeah, is? Yeah, <laughs> the fire's down here, um, and and it's, now they set up at Frogtown a vaccination clinic, a countywide vaccination. You know, it's not quite as far as Ironstone. But uh, I've consistently said to the board meetings that we need to have a testing site and a vaccination site in the Valley Springs Rancho area uh, set up at least once a week. And today, for the first time at the Vets Hall in Valley Springs, we had a clinic for vaccinations. It was just starting uh, the first one, so it, it was a limited number, but I, see, I expected to see it's expanded from here and going out. So it shouldn't be a problem to get, if you live in that area um, or any other area, a, a, a um, appointment to get your vaccination and, and test it also. Uh, there, there's gonna be a test site um, set up where you can get tested also if you feel you need to get tested. So, and, and by all means, please get tested. If, if anything, if, and if you feel sick, um, get tested and stay home until you get the results of that test. Um, it, will, it will work wonders for everybody. Where are we countywide with the case numbers? Uh, well, I, I can tell you we had about 1,900 the last meeting, I think, it was 1,979 positive cases. We had um, 13 active cases and zero in the hospital. I believe we had 51 deaths total through the whole through the, the whole pandemic since so, so so March 20th of last year. So, um, we have gone into um, the red zone. We were in purple, which was complete shutdown. We now are in the red. We had just a little bit of a spike. Uh, we were at 11 and we went to 13, so that spike shot us down to where we're still in the red, but we were going to look to go to the next level, which was orange, which would open up more. But because of that little bit of a spike, it put a little bit of a damper on it, and it, we'll what, see. What does red mean? I mean, or can you go to a restaurant? or what, what? You can go to restaurants are now open. You can go inside. inside. Before in purple, you had to sit outside. Right. You can go inside. It's limited to 25% occupancy. So they can only serve a, a minimum, a maximum of 25% full house. Whatever it says the occupancy for the room occupancy is 25% of that. Okay. So um, it opens up um, some other things. Um, 
as far as hair, getting your hair cut, uh, hair salons, and those types of things, um, those those are open. Good. Um, People are getting shaggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> believe me, I, I need a haircut. But um, so the orange really opens it up quite a bit and allows all kinds of things to go on. Um, and yellow, you're just about basically open. Uh, the red at least allows gyms to open. You can open the gyms are open, and that's a limited number there too. And you have to wear a face mask in right. the gym because of all the hard breathing and things going on. But um, well, you know, it's it's not ideal, but it, it does help out some of the businesses. Well, let's hope we get to orange. Yeah, let's hope we get to orange. Let's hope we get to yellow. Okay. And the only thing that's going to save us if you get vaccinated and the numbers go down and we're 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 looking good, and um, the tests keep coming back that there's that there's no uh, COVID and they're they're negative and. Well, here's positive. to a whole new future and a whole new normal. Yeah. Uh -huh. Gary, I think we're out of time. So we are. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming and, and letting us know what's going on with the county. I'm Sid Marsh. This has been Inside View, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.